welcome to The Lux Files, a podcast for occultists about occultists. I'm your host, Sean, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to subscribe to The Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on all the new episodes. Okay, everyone, welcome to The Lux Files. Evelyn, the owner of the Herb Witch Shop. Welcome, Evelyn. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Wonderful. Everything good down there in Southern Ontario? Yes. Um, actually, yeah. the weather's been beautiful. It's not been too hot. Um, down in the Windsor-Essex area, it becomes like swamp-like in the summer. Mm. It's humid and um, it's not pleasant. So I used right I used to live in in southern Ontario, like where I am in in, in uh, Thunder Bay. It's I mean it, it can get humid, but it's typically not a really really humid um, area. So when I moved to like I I both lived in um, Toronto and Ottawa, and I remember one year one summer my parents came to visit me in Ottawa, and it was so hot and so humid the entire time we're there. And of course I'd been there for a year already, so I seen everything that you know you need to see in Ottawa so of course I had to do it all over again with my parents because my father hadn't been there since he was in the air force and my mother had never been there so during all this touristy stuff and we even took one of those buses that turns into a boat and goes on the water and it's all plexiglass and it's slow and the sun and it was so hot and it was so humid it was so humid it felt like um walking through water and I thought it was the worst experience so what do I do I of course then proceed to move to Houston where it can be 110 degrees and 98 percent humidity uh, where you break out in a sweat standing still at midnight that sounds like Windsor okay. yeah yeah so it's it, it can be pretty gross although I do like the heat and I love, and I love Texas. I, I don't know. I am a fair English rose and I have a problem with it. Even though I've been in Canada for like, oh, 38 years. I don't think my body's ever said, okay, this is, this is, this is a place you're going to be comfortable with because the weather we're having right now is like, don't think this is the way it should be. You know? Well, you know, when, I, when I moved to Texas and, you know, talking about like the humidity and whatnot and I'm like well you say talking to people that born and raised there I'm like well you're lucky like you're you're used to this and they're like no there's no getting used to this like there, there just isn't I mean you're fully clothed any you know I'm, I I move for work um and I'm in suits all day and they're like no that you don't there's no getting used to 110 degrees and 98 percent humidity there, there just isn't, you know, especially when you have to be fully clothed for, for work, you know? Um, yeah. So no, I don't think you really adapt. Where are you from? I was born in a town called Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire. Oh, oh, well, how about that? Now, yeah. why, did, why did you move to Canada? Well, I didn't make the decision. My parents did. Okay. Oh, so you moved here when you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, my dad was a engineer. Okay. He was recruited um, by CAE, which was a Canadian engineering company. Okay. And 
so basically they paid for him and my mom and the six kids to move to Canada. <gasps> oh my god. So the first place we lived was in Quebec. So that was interesting. Mm. Is that an English accent? So people always say, you know, why don't you have an English accent? I said, because the French kids beat it out of me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, I I bet. I honestly like that doesn't that's that's that doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's not a joke. Yeah. So I mean that was my and you know, we didn't unfortunately, I mean that was just a bad experience of being a kid and being bullied because I was different, right? Because, yeah. you know, had a British accent and I was Anglais and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I don't blame the whole province of Quebec, but my dad, but the whole FLQ crisis was ha had just happened and my dad was British. He was getting nervous. Um, so we moved to Ontario probably about two years after coming to Canada. Okay. Okay. Set up there it's yeah. weird it's hard to um imagine um that kind of scenario where where someone's like okay you know what in canada i don't feel safe here something bad might happen i gotta move to another province like that's weird to to think of you know but that was uh that was a, a reality times and it was something that happened and you know, a lot of people forget that we had the War Measures Act, and like, I mean, so so some of us of that age, we remember that, you know, especially my kids, you know, it's a, thank the gods they've never lived through anything like that, but mm -hmm. you know, it certainly was an experience. So, welcome to Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's I you mean, know. I can't see myself being anywhere else. I mean, it's just it's an amazing, amazing country. Oh, well, it is. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't sound yeah. surprised. I mean, we have problems, but and well, there's every 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 country does. But I, I just and winter. Okay, not too fond of that winter. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but all the other seasons are great. So and um, my I think my kids have had really good opportunities here. Yeah, yeah. Canadian, and you know, we we raised our kids and. Um, you know, so it's been good for my kids too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No country's perfect. You know, every country has their, their positives and negatives. I mean, I live in. I'm not going to get political in this interview. So yeah, I, you know, that's the thing I was thinking about. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that, um, last week. I'm like, I'm going to have to be really careful because between the two of us, it would be so easy for both of us to delve into politics and which I, I love. I mean, I, I love talking about politics, but with you in particular, like we would just the the interview would just go off the rails and, and it would just be a, a, a politics um, episode. So, yeah, I'll I'll do my we best. Can, we can do another episode. Just yeah. On yeah um i'll do my best to nip that in the in in the bud um it's hard for me too yeah 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 i'll 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 be i'll be very disciplined in this episode i tend not to be very disciplined with the episodes i really like just starting and just letting them progress how they progress but it would just be too easy for it to just go off you know especially what happened last week um uh at queen's park and then what happened today with um 
uh, anime Paul's press conference. Like, I mean, I can talk and <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to right now. So yeah, yeah I've had a full day of, of, of it. So I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. Good. Exactly. So let's, let's not this be, let this be a, a work zoom call for you. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about even more fun stuff, um, which is you and your life. So typically what I do and all of my listeners are getting to, to know this by now. Um, typically what I do is I like to begin literally right at the beginning. Um, you know, that, 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 that one defining moment or sort of maybe series of, of, um, instances that, you know, set you on your, your magical slash spiritual path. And then we just take it from there and then we just start talking. It's, it's like, it's like the occult version of this is your life. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Without pictures. Cause I don't have pictures. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Oh. Uh, well, okay, we'll start at the beginning. So, uh, okay, so large family. Um, dad, you know, I was born in England. Dad's British. He was Anglican. He converted to Catholicism when he met my mother. My mother is Irish. Mm. Irish Catholic. So, <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much trauma. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> Because a lot, you know how many people I know who are Catholic who are now pagan. Like it, it just mm. astounding. You had a bunch of people in a room and like, oh, who's be Catholic, huh? and then just get really crowded, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. My so, father's uh, um, side of the family, they're they're francophone, so uh, Roman Catholic. Um, my mother's side is um, Irish, so Roman Catholic. Uh, they're Irish by way of Newfoundland. So, um, yeah, so I was actually baptized uh, Roman Catholic, although my parents were never really religious and we didn't go to church all that much. So I dodged a bullet there. And uh, my mother, because she went through Catholic school and she told my father that, like, she, there's, we're not putting my brother and myself, um, not putting us through Catholic school. Like, that's not an option at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't have, I don't have like, uh, the typical, I shouldn't say typical, but you know, the, the sort of experience that I, I, I hear a lot of about like from pagans who were raised Roman Catholic, but you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and I think, I think there was a few turning points for me, um, as a young child, um, the fact of being left-handed and our grade two teacher there was two of us there was me and another girl called kelly and she was also left-handed so she put us away from everybody else in the corner beside each other what? okay so it's like well because we're left-handed right and and it's like so even as a child when i've always thought i was different but wait I were you were you in a catholic school Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So the right. nuns with who I didn't think had any feet because they seemed to coast along the floor. <laughs> but like I said, too much trauma. But you know, so basically it was like, okay, you're left-handed, you're going over here. So I'm not gonna strap you, you know, like I did to your own mother, but mm -hmm. I will put you in the corner here. So like, okay, I'm going, you know, I really don't like this and I don't think this is right. And I'm left-handed, so what big deal, right? The kid yeah. thinking 
but I can't do anything because I'm just a kid. Yeah. So, you know, so that was like, okay. And then there was a point where I was like, I said to my mom, um, I want to be a priest. And she goes, well, that'll never happen. That will never happen because you're a girl. Hmm. Okay. So uh, I don't think I want to be in this religion anymore. They put me in a corner and then they tell me I can't be a priest. I can't be a leader in my faith community because that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. No offense to my mom because we could go at it for hours. But to me, it was like, that's when things changed for me. It's like, okay, that was my absolute last sign that I needed to find my own way and I needed to um, not feel that I had no power and not feel that I wasn't important and that I, you know, couldn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. So were you um, very young at this point? Yeah, well, I mean, the grade two was the sitting in the corner because you're Mm -hmm. left-handed. And then wanting to be a priest, I think that was grade four because I was really excited because I thought, oh, I want to be a priest. This would be really cool, Mm -hmm. you know, and be a faith leader. And and no, you you can't do that because you're Catholic and women can't. You can be a nun. You can be a bride of Christ. I'm like, hey, that's, you know, whatever. I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be in charge. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? I want yeah. to be a woman in charge. And so oh, I'm starting to sound like a feminist. That's leaking out. But okay. I mean, it has to it has to happen because of, of these things that shape me, um, you know, to, to leave that established religion and basically say, I really do not want to be involved in any type of structured religion ever again. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I went to university and, um, and so you yeah. just jumped from grade school to university. So like through your teenagers, there was no, like, no, teenage years, that's a whole nother story. Okay. So teenage years from age 16. Okay. All right. 16 to 19. Mom didn't take any pictures of me because I was a punk and I had like a mohawk and (laughs) and so this all has this all makes sense right like you don't belong you don't belong and it's like oh yeah I don't um so I was a little anarchist um very politically active at a young age so 16 you know I started saying the world sucks but let's change it from within you know, I didn't say let's blow it up. I just said, well, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to go and do protests. And, you know, I'm going to just be a rabble rouser. So I was also um, about that time I um, met with some musicians. I've always been somebody who sings. So I was a lead singer in a punk band in London, Ontario. Awesome. So, so, <laughs> so, so that's a whole nother story, what yeah. I did. Major. And, um, you know, but then we played in Toronto a couple of times and actually quite a few times. Um, but then you got to the point where you're like 19 and it's like, you know what? I really don't think I'm going to be able to eat just being paid in beer 
Mm-hmm. Um, making enough money just to pay for the amplifiers that we rented for the night. Yeah. So um, that's when I went to university because I w- always wanted to go to university. And um, I actually decided to go into sociology and I specialized in um, deviance. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense too, right? Yeah. I love subcultures. So I wrote my thesis on on uh, subcultures. I always did subculture studies. So it makes sense where I am now because I'm definitely in a subculture. Right. And, um, yeah. So everything, it's weird how everything connects, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And university, you know, gave me all those horrible ideas. I think my mom was just totally horrified about how university changed me Ah. (laughs) thinking for yourself and but I was amazing it was amazing I mean I got my degree but I got to take some really interesting courses Mm -hmm. and I took anthropology of religion so my minor was in anthropology okay and that was another uh aha moment I had this German anthropology professor and I think his name was Dr. Gunther, right? Typical, you know, with the sports jacket with the, the patches on it. And, you know, and he had this German accent. But he taught me so much about different religions, different perspectives, learned about shamanism for the first time, learned about the other. And I'm like, whoa, like, wow, this is amazing. This is just, just blew me away that, you know, coming from such a religious background where I was basically told how to think, Mm -hmm. I was exposed to all these things where I could think about them and I could, you know, it's it's just exciting. So university, yeah, it did change me, but I think it was the best thing. Right, yeah, absolutely. Especially as a female, Um, you know, because um it gave me a self-identity it gave me power gave me that power that i felt i didn't have knowledge is power right so it gave me that power i did not have growing up so it was great yeah 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 it's kind of exciting when you have an experience like that where you realize the world is so much bigger and so much more interesting than what you were kind of like raised to to believe and and you know and and you have so many aha moments and and, and discoveries and it, yeah it's exciting you know that's that's definitely an exciting time that that um yeah i was just going to say like you know that that age when you're younger but i mean people i mean as as fully grown adults um can discover that that greater world for never first. stop i mean i think that the thing that's been great for, for me is all along i keep having those aha moments i keep leaving myself open to um discovering more and to changing my mind too yeah and not being rigid and like saying you know what i think i was being a bit of an asshole there and yeah, yeah. and um yeah okay that's really valid and and i think you're right so maybe it's because i'm at that age now right where i'm just i'm chill with a lot of things and i I, and when somebody's right 
I'm okay with that. I don't have anything to prove. And um, I'm open to that. I'm open to different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, so that's exciting too. That yeah, absolutely. And I haven't got rigid. I see a lot of people that are so rigid that they go, well, you know, uh, I love being told um, that I'm too old for things too. Like that's yep. where Yeah. I just been 56. So, and I love being the crone stage. I think it's great. Um, Cause I remember I had this first tattoo done when I was 50. And oh, okay. Said, Why did you wait so long? I said, well, cause that's my crone tattoo. Yeah. I had to earn it, had to earn it right? <laughs> so, and I'm going to get another one, you know, shortly when, when things open up a little bit. So, um, so for me, that was really important too, because that was a symbol of me getting to that stage of my life where I could say, I'm, I'm a crone and it's a good place to be. Yeah. And I've been through a lot and, um, you know, I own that and yeah. where I am right now. I like adulthood. I have to say, you know, we live in such a society where we're like a, a youth centric society or at the very least looking like you're a youth uh, when you're not. Um, but I have to say like uh, adulthood, cause I'm 42 now and I just, I have zero Fox. It's great. It, 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 yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I've gotten to a point where I don't, I'm not going to take anyone's bullshit. Um, you know, not to say like, you know, you're talking about like different perspectives and, and you know, stuff like that. I like having discussions. I like um, differing viewpoints mm-hmm. um, and, and having debates and whatnot. But um, like, that's one thing I'm talking about, you know, putting up with like people's bullshits. Like, yeah, but it all oh. comes down to what we talked about earlier, respect, right? Yeah. If it's not respectful, then I'm not going there. I'm going to say no. And it comes down to human rights too, because if you think that um, you can gain your freedoms by taking away my rights, I'm going to fight you on that. Yeah. It's a fine, a fine line. And I think we as a community, um, I think the pagan community, and I'm going to get a little political here, um, Mm -hmm. because I can't help it. We have to start advocating for our rights too, because, you know, in a lot of cases, people that I know who work for the public school system, whatever, at least I have an employer that is totally open to me being a heathen, but there's other people that can't and that are still going through that barrier. And so I have a problem, you know, saying to to folks who don't believe we have that right that we do, Mm because I don't like it, you know, that whole attitude that, I'm this way, so I'm the select group, you know, and, and you, whatever. I just, that really pisses me off. And it's yeah. like, we have to um, become a little bit more empowered um, as a group to to kind of stand up and say, uh, yeah, well, you know, I should have the same rights that you do. It's called equity. <laughs> absolutely, so, absolutely. And I mean, we are lucky um, here in Canada with the rights that we do have with freedom um, to, to, practice whatever religion we want or or not as the case may be but it's not absolute and it's not so impervious to hate that 
there's still a lot of work to be done. Look at the niqab ban in Quebec, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, and okay, it, okay, it's the religious symbols ban, but it was born out of um, uh, anti-Muslim um, uh, hate and and wanting to ban the niqab um, because if it wasn't, you know, because I don't think I, I think this part of it was dropped, I believe, but I know when the the provincial government there in Quebec first proposed this, you, women wearing niqabs wouldn't even have been allowed to get on public transit wearing a uh, niqab. They would have had, or face covering. Um, so they would have had to take off um, their face coverings uh, to get on public transit. Uh, so you can't tell me that it's it's a religious symbols ban because of what it was born out of. So that's still possible. The rights, as as much rights as we have in 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 Canada, stuff like that is still possible. Um, there was a a woman who um, she had you know her pagan shrines and whatnot in her backyard. The neighbors didn't like it, and the city. Was like you have to take them down or we're going to fine you you know what oh, i mean yeah i do i remember i i i'm, I'm acquainted with her actually and i know her story and you know me doing what i do for a living i was able to pull up all the legislation you know because yeah we do have a charter of rights and freedoms in yeah Canada. yeah so, you know, you, sometimes you just have to remind people um about what that is yeah so, um you know and like i said i think it's just something i'm very impassioned about is is having equity um Mm -hmm. you know as far as uh people that um are heathen or wiccan or uh, satanists or across the board it's like you know people um shouldn't feel like they have that barrier yeah um so but you know that's that's another discussion for sure i got yeah absolutely I could just discuss it at some other point. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, University Evelyn with her mohawk. So, yeah. I think I got rid of it by then. I think it was just really <laughs> short hair. So I kept Doc Martens. I still have Doc Martens. I will, they're great for gardening, actually. Um, <laughs> and I haven't changed inside. I, you know what I mean? I'm still that you know like i listen to a lot of i still listen to the old punk mm. i was listening to a lot of folk metal because to me i started exploring pagan metal right and then that kind of went to folk metal because a lot of folk metal music they sing about the gods right thing about um the mythology and so you know i've become quite the i'm really enjoying listening to music i was really kind of snobby back when I was in my band, right? Because I thought my music was the best and mm-hmm. music. And as I get older, like there you go, that gift of wisdom saying, there's so much out there. There's, there's some really cool stuff going on right now. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm totally enjoying that too. Cool. So like, at what point did you start exploring paganism and what, like, and what did that look like? 
I mean, because like a lot of people, when you, when you ask them about, you know, uh, when they first get into to paganism, it, it's always, especially like people in the 80s and 90s, it's always like, oh, Wicca, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they're still Wiccan or, or they moved on to something else. So what was that like for you? It wasn't that for me. Like for Wicca, I didn't, I knew about Wicca. I mean, it's just, but coming from the Catholic background with all the ritual, totally not for me right I, I just knew that mm, no and you know I also you know had the Irish background the Irish and the English background um and I looked at Judaism for a while and a lot of the tenets of it I thought are great and I still really respect the Druidic path but it still didn't resonate did you were you affiliated with any Druid organizations no okay okay no. I just basically knew a lot of folks that follow that path. And so if I was hanging out with people, it'd be more people of the Druidic path than okay. the Wiccans. Because I just have this aversion to a lot of ritual or, you know, it's just because I, I and I found the Druidic tradition is connect, like boom. Yeah. There you go. You're yeah. there, right? And you don't need as much... Um, so you don't yeah you don't go into you don't really like your style isn't like like the formality of ritual and and that's just not your your cup of tea yeah so even as a heathen um i would say that where i am now is um i i make offerings to the gods and um in a lot of cases it's norse or uh, predominantly anglo-saxon mm -hmm. uh, and it's offerings i love fire so i'm a bit of a pyro but it's all outside and it's all safe um but uh, so my husband and i whenever we have a meal whatever and we decide to have a fire we we make up a meal okay and that goes into the fire as an offering um usually to our ancestors and to the land rights um and and to the gods so i mean but it's very simple like it's just we don't say a lot we just you know this is for whoever um so i guess i've always been a simple basic as far as my practice mm. uh, it's very important for me for to be connected with my ancestors and that's a lot of my journey lately is to connect with the beloved dead mm -hmm. and, um to take on more of a um <clears throat> shamanic path to be and, and i hate using shamanic because that that word's become a bad word you know because yeah. actually it's an anthropological term really mm -hmm. and it was something that you know i think a lot of people think of of um the indigenous people as shamanic but i think it, it's actually um, from what I believe, um, uh, uh, something that was put on them. It's anthropologically, this shamanic activity throughout the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm just really interested in shamanism from my ancestral path. So, mm -hmm. you know, being um, English and Irish, and I, and I had the DNA test, and it's hilarious. Like, you're like, was it 98% British? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm 
the test, right? <laughs> so, so many, you know, but anyways, it's just, just you know, but, uh, but I digress. It's like, I, I guess I'm just not somebody who's heavily into ceremony. There is certain things that I do, but that's just my personal, and I never tell anybody what to do. I'm also <laughs> heavy into that because when people ask me, um, you know, how should I set up my altar? You know, how should I make an offering to the gods? And I'll say, you know what? I want you to discover that yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Many people tell me what to do. And then, then you get, that's where people, I think, get preyed upon or victimized by people who are experts or people who are this or or say they're they're the high grand pooba of whatever yeah i I, I always want to make sure that people i'll ask i'll answer certain questions but i always turn it back to them saying what are you comfortable with what Mm -hmm. do you feel resonates with you because i'm not going to tell you what to do yeah you know and i just that's me and it's just so um, um what makes a person a heathen like if, if there's there's not like a set of ritual practices that that says okay you do these ritual practices you're a heathen you know what i mean um well, so there's certain paths that that are very specific in the heathen community so um there are certain groups that, that are very specific and um you know, do um, offerings or blots at certain times of the year. Did you just uh, say blots? Blot, blot, which What's is that? B-L-O-T. So that is more of the traditional offering. And it usually had to do with, um, you know, the sacrifice of an animal and using the blood um, to, um, you know, you put it around certain places um, right. as an offering to the gods. Um, so, um, some do that. I obviously don't because I'm by myself. Um, I'm sure the bylaw officers would love it. Um, <laughs> coming by this small town, Ontario. So yeah. there was a heathen in her family and they were doing this thing called a blot. And you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you know, so, uh, you know, if I was with another group, I would participate in, in, in those things and in offerings and there's about uh, three or four times a year that are really important um, to have those or to get together or um, to recognize. So th- there is there are some heathen communities that are quite organized and yeah. have religious leaders, but I don't have that because I'm here by myself. Yeah. Uh, and I think I probably like that anyways. Yeah somebody who likes to do my own thing yeah i think like what i meant to say was you don't have to do like have a a, a specific set of ritual yeah, practices I think, I think it's, so it's yeah. you know so when people like approach you with crap questions like you said you you turn it back on them and you're like well what are you comfortable with doing what do you, what feels right to you so what what defines someone as heathen is it um is it working with like those particular gods that would say okay you're heathen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. this is a tough one because i have some people that that have incredible historical knowledge and i usually refer to them because 
these are people that are scholars. Oh, your sound just cut out. Can you hear me? Oh, you just froze. Okay, I don't. Okay, I still can. Okay, you you your sound cut out there and then you froze. So I, you were talking about scholars and then the sound cut out. Okay. So if you want to go back. Sure. So um, I mean that's a question where. I can give you my personal opinion, but there's some people that I really uh, admire who spent all their time, um, who are scholars, who um, have the historical data on heathen, um, heathenism, and you know, um, and I prefer that. I, I'm also a person that that likes um, to have a history, to have some type of written work. Mm -hmm. um, that, that talks about uh, past heathen practices. So as a heathen, my path, I, I tend to be, try to be as historically accurate as possible because that's how to be in reverence to my ancestors in the way that they did things. Um, so that's part of it too, is, is the historical knowledge that we have about heathenism um, from you know the Germanic traditions and also from the Anglo-Saxon traditions. Um, so I take a lot of my practice from, from what, um, I've read, I've done a lot of research. Um, and, but I don't think anyone's forced to, I think that's what I like about it. People, you can either do your own thing, which I kind of do because I have to, because I'm geographically isolated. Right. That's a Darwin term, isn't it? But anyways, <laughs> that's another thing. I'm such a geek, I know. <laughs> Maybe I read too much. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I don't think I, I never felt that someone said you have to, you know, join this group or you have to. No one's ever told me that. Yeah. Like other traditions have. I said, well, you've got to join my covenant. I'm like, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> your first mistake was telling me what I had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You no. Know? Um, so that's why I'm more comfortable in the heathen past because, you know, the people that take themselves too seriously, there's a, enough of us to just say, you know, this is. Um, this is my path. This is where I'm going. And yeah. Yeah. So, so like someone could consider themselves a heathen, um, you know, so they're doing their own thing. They're, they're just figuring out their thing, what works for them, what they're happy with doing. Um, but if say they're, they're, they're working with like the Anglo-Saxon gods, Norse gods, and they're like, okay, I'm a heathen. Mm -hmm. And that's valid, correct? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, yes. Okay. Yeah. There's many different ways to heathenism. Yeah. And there's many different types of heathenism, right? It's just, it's such a big umbrella. You okay. know? So that's why it's not easy for me to say, well, this is it, you know, because then we'd be going back to the very rigid, rigid nature of, of um, certain religions. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's, um, it, it's very diverse. Heathenism within itself is very, very, very diverse. But I think the basic tenets are that um, belief in the gods and the belief in the land spirits and the water spirits and the ancestors. Ancestors are very important. Um, and family and prith, um, which is, you know, I, my de definition of prith is, is 
um, being good human beings and leaving okay. others in your community uh, with respect and, um, you know, trying to do things um, not just for yourself, but for mm -hmm. others. So that to me personally is how I want to live my life as a heathen is, is um, you know, to take care of other people too. Yeah. And be aware of my community and who needs, and maybe that's why I have a background in, in social services because I've always worked with people with barriers and, um, and that's probably why I have a big respect for Thor because he's a protector of the people. So people that can't fight back, people that can't advocate for, them for, themse for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm mean, identified with that too, because of my background in social services. I worked with people um, with mental health challenges. I worked with people with developmental disabilities. Um, so it makes sense, you know, that I identify with, with gods and with an approach to life community of thrift that I don't leave those people behind. Those people right. are important to me. And I think as a heathen, it's an honorable thing um, to fight for those people. Right. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go emotional. Oh, um, so, okay, let's, let's jump off that then. Um, uh, is it, so did you enter like was heathen heathenry your path going into paganism or did you did you you know wait around through paganism and find your way i waited i waited okay definitely all right um, you, you you were you started talking about druidry a bit yeah and certain things i think it's just the trees mm. <laughs> i got this thing about trees but um but the whole i mean like i said there was i was just very intrigued by it um read a lot of things about it but at the same time i just thought mm, it's just it's just not resonating with me right it's just i'm not where i i am needing to be mm. and you know it's only been probably in the last uh, maybe six or seven years that i've totally immersed myself in in heathenry right okay okay yeah so i just floundered for a long time i just what i said to people is just i'm a i'm eclectic right because right? i really didn't want to be pigeonholed but i still mm -hmm. didn't know still didn't know um yeah. uh where i belonged and um now i feel i think when i started my business that evolved too and once i started working in the garden and being a gardener, all of that stuff all kind of came together. And it's like, I'm an herb woman. And what does that mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It connects me with my ancestors. And I finally felt an affinity with people that had gone before. I started having images in my mind of those people and wanting to continue those traditions, I yeah. think is in heathenry too is is to continue the good things that your ancestors did right um, whatever I think that's <laughs> where uh we're lucky with paganism though because it's it's sort of like and you know just using paganism as as an umbrella term of course um just kind of like throwing everything you know 
you know, pre-Christian European in there just for ease. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the 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 benefits um, that we have with paganism is you don't necessarily feel like you're floundering or lost as you're wading through different ideas and traditions in paganism because there's so many common threads and you're mm-hmm. still doing like you can be doing ancestor work and call yourself a, a druid and then transition and still do ancestor work and call yourself a heathen so mm-hmm. you know i think i think the people that end up feeling lost and again this is this is a generalization and i don't like to generalize but you know um reality our, our words are are our language is limiting. Um, I think that people that that find themselves sort of lost or floundering um, tend to be the type that that are either very rules based or used to a rules based system where they're like, I need to know, I I, I need that structure, or they mm-hmm. think they need that structure and that rules, and you have to do this, this, and this in order to call yourself this, this, or that, which is fine. You know, like, there are traditions out there. You want to be like like a Wiccan, like a Gardnerian. You you actually join a Gardnerian coven and, and go through that training, or, you know, Golden Dawn or whatever. So, I you know, I'm not saying, like, that's a bad thing. You know, no, like, some people, like, that. Some people we, we yeah. talked about, we talked about tools. Some people need those tools to get yeah. where they need to go. Yeah. In my case, I don't need a lot of tools. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we, we, yeah. we definitely have benefits, um, pagans, you know, that we just, we don't, we never necessarily have to feel lost or floundering you know, as long as we're doing the work in, in, in whatever, in whatever form we happen to be doing it in, you know? Um, yeah. I, um, joined Obod back in 2006, um, cause Georgery completely resonated with me. I joined a gardeneering coven, um, probably almost 10 years before that. And back then, um, I was doing my first degree, and I didn't finish for two reasons. I ended up moving to Ottawa for work, um, but also to I it wasn't really resonating with me. I, I found it too ceremonial, and you know what I mean. I and, which is which is funny because uh, so I ended up uh, joining Obod, and I really. There's, there's definitely with, with Obod, because because modern Druidry comes out of Druid traditions that are very Masonic Lodge-like, you know, so there's, there's definitely those elements there, but with Obod, there's, there's a lot more, like, freedom um, to, to kind of, like, figure things out for yourself, and one thing that really resonated with me with Druidry, like, I wanted, like, rolling around in the dirt paganism, and Druidry gave me that opportunity. So it's it's kind of funny because with, with my whole like, oh, this this Wicca isn't working for me. It's too ceremonial because I also practice the Golden Dawn system of magic, which is very, you know, 
ritualized and and you know um so it, it's so it's kind of like going or coming around full circle a bit but it works i can i can be i can do my my druidry plus my golden dawn you know they can blend very well together they can also be very separate and different you know but it works Yeah, I think my internet is crapping out again. <laughs> well, you froze again there. Yeah, it's like. Did uh, did did I cut out? Did my sound cut out for you at all? Yeah, just for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, That's okay. I, no, I was just talking about um, just how I I I went from Wicca to Druidry to starting the Golden Dawn and how and how because the Golden Dawn is so structured and so ritualized, which is funny because. Back in the day, Wicca wasn't appealing to me because I found it too ceremonial and structured. And, you know, so it's just kind of funny. Like I, I literally went full circle back to where I started in, in a sense, you know. But that's okay. It's like, it's like. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's like what resonates with you. You know, I, you know, I'm going to talk about how I envision, well, how my journey is. It's like when you go to a dinner party. And you go from person to person and you try to, you know, see what their interests are. And, um, you know, so you, you, you work in the room, trying to find somebody that you have something in common with. So I worked the room for quite a while until I found my people or I found my path. So it was the world's longest dinner party. Um, and, <laughs> you know. At least there was wine. Yeah. Or a tub of beer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's just, you know, and I over I, I'm an overthinker anyway. So it's taken me a long time to get where I am because I just like to think too much. I just like right. to go, hmm, you know, and um, but it's been a happy journey because I think I had to have a lot of painful things happen to me before I got here. Mm -hmm. So I lost my my brother, my youngest brother died. Um and that I think put me in a spiritual spiral, right? right. That was before I came to heathenry. Okay. And, um, dealing with him dying suddenly led to me coming to the heathen path. Okay. Because my brother is now part of my beloved dead and mm -hmm. I know he's here and I, I know I have a connection with him. Right that I didn't have when I was following any other paths. And so he's incorporated into, he's always been incorporated into our offerings, my husband and I, um, you know, from the moment a loved one passes, they go, there's an offering in the next Friday that we have. So, okay. Okay. you know, so I think losing my brother, who was also a master gardener. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that spurred me on to start gardening. And so, so much, that's why people always say, you know, it's horrific when someone dies and it's like, yeah, it is. And it was a really horrible thing, but I got so many gifts from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, 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 that, so I had all these little things along the way that kind of nudged me towards this, but it was my brother's death that got me 
where I am now. Did you do any gardening before he died? No, nope, nope. Do you think that's an, like, uh, is he, in your opinion, is he as a beloved dead, his energy or however you want to define it, do you think that is that is influencing you at all? I think so. And I think he's also connecting me to my ancestors. Okay. Okay. Like become the conduit, right? Right, right, right. So he's opened up the other for me. Okay. I was closed to the other before my brother died. I didn't... I, I was afraid of death, like most of us are. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to go there, right? And I had to go to some really uncomfortable places. And he, his death led me to going down and, and going into the other and thinking about that next journey and thinking about the people that have gone before me. And, you know, my, I lost my father recently. And... <clears throat> And now he is part of that. Like I'm still struggling with it because, you know, he died during a pandemic and. Okay. But uh, we were able to be with him. So that was a blessing. He had a wonderful yeah. long-term care facility where the staff were excellent. Um, but my dad, you know, British laughing, always had a, you know, and, and it was really hard too, but it was, my brother dying made it a little bit easier for me because I knew my dad was going to be with the others that are going to be there to guide me. And then, you know, when it's my turn, it, there's going to, everybody's going to be there. And, and I think that even in paganism, we still don't want to talk about death. I mean, cause it's, it's just, it's just a really unknown territory yeah. and um, you know, we have to go into to uncomfortable places in order to grow and evolve. I really believe that. I think you mm -hmm. have to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's where, why I'm now on the heathen path because it feels it's nurtured me throughout all of this. Right. It, it really has. And being analytical. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast. I'm also the owner of Lalo Gonzalez. I make beeswax and scented spell candles, loose stick and liquid incense, anointing rolls and bath salts. So once you're done listening to this episode, why don't you head on over to my website at www.lalokanzawin.com and check out my products. For your convenience, the link to the website is also in the show notes. And kind of a scientific mind also. I know everything is rational now. I, I Everything makes sense to me. So I don't have to overthink things now. Now I just go into the flow. When before I used to just stop myself because I just overthink about it. Right, right, right. Think about it. And it's like, well, that's not going to help you connect. You have to like do the work. So, um, so I, I can safely say that people can find their path in their fifties for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. It took me that long, took me that long to, to get where I needed to go. And, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to more, I guess. Yeah. Did you have a moment where 
you because you know talking about being like an overthinker which which I definitely am um did you have a moment where you finally kind of like just like accepted everything um like about like your 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 heathen path and and the ancestor work and and you know to the point where you're just like I, I, I don't have to think about things anymore. I don't have to rationalize things anymore. I just, I, I've, I, I fully accept my beliefs and I don't have to worry. Kind of like, you know, like, like that weight comes off your chest. Like I'm, I'm free to not worry, think, or, or, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Because, you know, um, I think it's when I started, I opened, I started my business. Um, and I didn't really do it to make tons of money because I have a really, I have a very good paying job, right? Mm-hmm. I have excellent benefits. And so it's not like, you know, hey, let's, let's start a business. So, you know, I, I can make lots of money because, mm-hmm. and, you know, I still don't do that. Even in my business, my principles guide me of, of, um, of uh, being a socialist and, and keeping things fair for people so they can afford things is really important. Right. That's the reason why I started my business is because, I thought people were being charged way too much for um, spiritual wares. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the exploitation part of it. So, I mean, that my political beliefs, unfortunately, it's gonna come up again, are part of my business plan too, that, um, you know, I'm not gonna be a millionaire because I'm focused on people being able to afford the things they need, especially people that live in cities that do not have access to the herbs and the plants that I have. Yeah. So, you know, this is one way um, to, once again, thrift the community, take care of people, offer them something um, in an honest manner. And, and that's one of my business principles. Um, but I think being able to work with the herbs, that's when it's all, it all goes. When I'm out there in that garden or when I'm making things, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's like that's the divinity right there. Yeah. Those are the divine moments where I am just, you know, got these things and I'm smelling them and they're so beautiful. And then you look at just the clover. It looks so beautiful and the red roses and everything and all these wonderful things. You know, those are pure emotions. That's emotive moments. Those, those are like when you're not thinking, you're feeling. And that I never had before, you know? Yeah. So I have it now. And that's when I'll have one of the gods whisper to me, like, I told you so. Because, you know, I'm the overthinker, right? So I yeah. have some that like to, like, give me hack because, you know, I always would fight on things. You'd have to drop a five-ton weight on my head before I would say, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I think the whole starting my business on the side and then wanting to provide heathen wares for folks um, that maybe can't afford them. I, I try, like I said, I try to keep it reasonable. Um, I try to keep it as authentic as possible. I really um, just think it's important. I, I like to share that with people. I like to share my knowledge mm-hmm. and that I don't have a problem with. I can give them the knowledge, but like, once again, it's like you decide what you want to do with it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so, but I think it's just, yeah, playing, like you said, rolling around the dirt, mm-hmm. you know, playing in the dirt, being outside, you know, 
I've gotten really good with a shovel <laughs> in a good way and, and tools and just being part of that creative process and looking forward to, to the seasons. You know, I'm so attuned with the seasons now. Mm-hmm. I never was before. And I'm so attuned with the moon. Um, and, you know, because what I do with my herbal oils when I make them is I make them on the full moon. So, and I give them a month to kind of marinate in a dark cupboard for a month. So from full moon to full moon is when I make my herbal oils. Yeah. So, you know, it's a great way to have a reminder that you've got a month to make these. And then at the end of that cycle, you know, so, and I don't even think about it anymore. It's like, okay, well, it's time to make some herbal oil. So, you know, um, so. Yeah, I, I mean, with, you know, with my business, you know, with the stuff that I make, I, I 100% get what you're, you're saying, especially with my loose incense, um, because that's, I love like the textures and the different colors and, and the mixing. I love, I just love stirring, you know, I call it a herbal medley, right? Yeah. So, and then just coming from a music, the musical background, it's a symphony. It is. Yeah. It's it's like music when you've created an incense that that it's just it's just wow you look at all the color scents it's like okay well that you know you know that that yeah and there's something like i said it's a motive i don't know i can't describe it it's just and i just know that i'm i'm doing something that i don't have to think i I just do yeah well i i also come from the cosmetics world so um um you know things like I'm really particular with, you know, my incense blends in particular out of everything because working with like resins, woods, oils, and, and you know, leaves and, and petals and whatnot, because they, they all burn differently and different woods burn slower or quicker or whatever, um, you have like such a good opportunity to create such a dynamic smelling product that evolves and transforms like a perfume you know so that's why i'm so particular about um how i create my my loose incenses and you know it it it, it's kind of mind-boggling to me because i'll see people selling like like a a tin of of loose incense you know an, an ounce worth and for 30 bucks I'm like that. And, you know, I look at the ingredient list. I'm like, that cost you. Let's be generous and say they don't have a wholesale account with the herb supplier. Mm-hmm. $2.50 tops. And you want to charge $30. Like yeah. you're ripping people off. And, and I talked about that earlier, how that's another thing that spurred me because mm-hmm. You know, I, I met so many young people just coming into paganism, like we're like saying, you know, can I use kitchen spices or because I really can't really afford that or, you know, I want that. And, um, you know, I can't handle people that exploit people. Yeah. You know what? Vulnerable, you know, I just can't handle it. For all of my beautiful products, if you can't afford shit, get a twig and a leaf and burn that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, I, 
get a, a leaf and a twig and and there's your incense i mean this is genuine you know yeah and, and, and that's what i say to people don't feel bad don't do the shaming thing you know yeah it, you get that and it's like okay so now we have mass consumerism and paganism yeah you know no no that people shouldn't and once again it's people who who don't have money right and yeah. and they feel like that and it's like mm, you know um yeah so i get kind of when i see the exploitation i i just like you know but at the same time, you know, we, we need to make back our costs and make back a little bit of profit, right? For oh, of sure. course, absolutely. I mean, um, there's, when, there's nothing when looking at it. They're, they're kind of like being the um, Amazon of a of, pagan of products because that that's just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, that's, you know, but. There's nothing wrong with making profit off of your work. You know what I mean? It's when it's just that excessive, it's just, it, it drives me nuts because I, I just feel it's so exploitative. Yeah. And a lot of people when they're just starting out or even people that aren't just starting out feel that they absolutely have to have these things in order to be valid in mm -hmm. order, you know, and then they end up getting themselves in financial problems because they purchase things um that you know they maybe they shouldn't so yeah. i mean it's just you know I, I try to be ethical i'm a very ethically driven person yeah. and um you know I, I try to be mindful of other people's situations and you know um any business decisions i make i have to think is this going to be damaging for people and mm -hmm. is this fair and it's you know yeah. so you know, like I said, that's part of heathenry tree, the heathenry, that perspective too, is, is, is to be mindful of, of the community and, you know, to give, but I mean, not, not to give away. I mean, I don't, but yeah, uh, I, I want to be able to offer people something that's meaningful, you know, yeah, the Gucci of yeah exactly exactly yeah you know like pagan 7-eleven i mean i'm not a pagan 7-eleven um or walmart or don't get me don't get me started on that no, stuff but no. you know it's just you know um, i mean there, there's some exotic ingredients um out there that you know cost a lot of money mastic is ridiculously expensive um dragon's blood is expensive like there are ingredients that if you're using them in an incense it's going to be a higher price incense for sure but when you know when it's like frankincense sandalwood and myrrh and you're charging 30 bucks for a little bag like you're exploiting people and the people that um you know like oh buy my my 50 dollar wealth candle well if if anyone needs a wealth candle they probably don't have 50 dollars to spend on a wealth candle you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i just yeah it's it it is uh it is um bothersome um and in a way that's why i'm glad you know like i have three distributors that sell my products um here in the states and um australia and um my products um are in so many like metaphysical stores and i'm glad for that because they're they're relatively inexpensive and um it, it gives a good and they're authentic too yeah, yeah it, it gives a good 
Well, first of all, it gives a good alternative to like hem made in China synthetic. I, yeah, I was gonna go there. So yeah. and, and, <laughs> like those, and then the you know, witch kits that are made yeah. in China. I'm like, are you for real? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, okay, not just to mention that it's my concern is more for like what type of chemicals and harmful toxic materials are in those things, you know, because. You know, China is not known for um, being really rigid with its health and safety regulations, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, but. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I mean, and, you know, I am a certified health and safety rep, I'll have you know. So I follow all the health, health and safety yeah. uh, when I'm doing my work here. So, because, um, yeah, because this is going into people's homes and yeah. like, come on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's your favorite thing to make? Hmm. I would say it is herb bundles. Okay. Yeah. Because it changes all the time. It depends. Like you'll find when you have a garden that one year you'll have one crop that does really well. And then the next year it doesn't want to work. It doesn't come out at all. There's right. different conditions, but you have something else. So it's like, okay, so I have dill, I have fennel, I've got some clover here. I've got, so I can always change. It's always, and I really enjoy also introducing people to our traditions in that we did herb cleansing too, and that we cleansed our areas and, and same things. And, um, you know, that, that we have traditions with, with burning herbs in, in, cast iron pans and all those things so i enjoy you know creating the herb bundles and, and giving people the experience of how different herbs smell because mm -hmm. actually burning burning dill is not as horrific as people think actually it smells really good right. and you know so i really like doing the herb bundles because that's one of my favorite things um and it's really good um at least um, for my creativity or what I think I'm going to make next. So I get excited like, oh, wow, I got, I got a bumper crop of this this year. Mm -hmm. and, and then I had, I grew my woad like last year was my first year of doing the woad. And it's a really interesting plant in that back in medieval times, they used it to dye clothing, right? Mm -hmm. So it was big. It means it was used by the Norse, by the Anglo-Saxons in Europe used woad to dye everything yeah so it's an interesting plant how did that turn out great well the Great. first year it's just a floret right so it's just the leaves the first year so that's when you do the dyeing is in the first year right yeah um, and then the second year you get it so that it flowers there's these yellow flowers that turn into seeds so it's self-seeding the plant dies after two years so after its second year it produces seeds to self-propagate okay does it swan dive it it, it, it dies <laughs> it's a sad story but it's been really interesting to grow a medieval herb and i'm going to start doing more because it's like because i produce my own seeds i'm such a geek i got so excited about creating my own seeds my wood seeds so i'll be able to plant like that's that's my excitement and and it's and that's another thing with connecting with with the divinity of nature the wonder 
of this. I was able to create this and this is so cool. And I'll be able to get, you know, to offer these seeds to people who want to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm geeking out. I am like an herb geek, I guess. Um, you know, and I guess I'm proud of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and just doing those things. And so I'm going to try a different crop next year. I'm going to do woad again from the seeds, but right. I'm also going to try, you know, some more medieval um, plants. And actually, I've been getting into medieval music lately, too. So that's another, that's another interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Coming so from punk rock past, and all of a sudden I'm listening to medieval music. <laughs> right. But it was probably the punk rock of the day. So there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah, it must be. Uh, absolutely. Um, so you're, you're sort of like, well, building may not be the right word. You're creating a, me a medieval uh, garden. Mm -hmm. So like what, what defines a medieval garden? Well, for me, I am just, you know, doing my research and growing the herbs that people used um, for everyday life mm -hmm. Back in, um, you know, the Norse Anglo-Saxon times. I'm probably, you know, thinking from 580 to 800 AD. Okay. You know, um, so that's just my pet project is just the things that people used. Um yeah. You know, the things that people use. I would imagine that like, even in, you know, say like Western Europe and whatnot, you know, all, you know, very similar climate ish, you know what I mean? Um, I would think that through, you know, the ages, the, there's a lot of plants that each culture from era to era would use continuously but yeah. i would yeah. think that there were some plants that kind of migrated but became popular usage and maybe fell out of favor you know what i mean like there's there's you know like if, if you think of oh did you freeze again yeah you froze again i don't know if you could hear me okay, okay there we go um mm -hmm. so so yeah. I, I, I would imagine that if you say, if someone studied, um, you know, gardening from 500 AD to 2000 AD, there would be, you'd see a lot of plants coming in and out of, in and out of style. So if you're focusing on like 500 to 800 AD, that may be a very different garden than say 1500 AD. You're frozen again. Mm. You country, you country folk and your, your, uh, your internet. Yes, I know. <laughs> but okay. So like I said, the, the medical knowledge changed at that point in time. So a lot of the herbs, you know, that, that I'm growing, we use at that time, like especially the nine herbs charm. I have all, I have all, I grow all the things that are in the nine herbs charm in the Anglo-Saxon tradition. Um, so, and a lot of them are, are, are medicinal on purpose. So, I mean, um, 
that's another thing. It's like, you know, they, there's also different herbs that they, they had that they put on the floor of their homes to get rid of the pests. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of research involved. So that's why I've been, you know, reading a lot, but also connecting with a lot of people with historical knowledge and picking their brains. And, um, but it's really kind of funny because now a lot of people think I have all this knowledge of medieval herbs and it's like, no. Nope. <laughs> what's what's the nine herbs charm? What is it? Yeah. Okay. So it's basically it is based on um, an old Anglo-Saxon prayer um, that has Woden's nine sacred herbs. But there's also some Christian terms in it too. So some people get pissed off because they'll say, "Well, you're quoting something that's Christian." It's like, well, you know, interestingly enough. Um, there were heathens and Christians at the same time, um, mm. and the turnover to Christianity took a little bit longer um, in Anglo-Saxon communities. So mm-hmm. there is talk of Woden, there's also talk of, of Christian concepts in the Nine Herbs Charm poem. But basically, they're, they're the nine herbs of Woden that oh. are to cure things. So it's it's you know for magical purposes but it's also for healing purposes they're 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 the you know plantain and chamomile and watercress and things that we know now they have great medicinal value Mm -hmm. Uh, back then you would use these herbs um you know for people that were ill um and there were some that were used for elf shot that's another story because the you know the anglo-saxon tradition there's the belief of the elves right you could be suffering from elf shot because you know the elves would shoot you with their arrows so some of the nine herbs charms um could help with with elf shot and so there's so much there's yeah. i mean i go on for days and these are things just that that i'm learning now and um it's a good thing there's translations of anglo-saxon yeah 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 <laughs> i mean totally lost and right now i'm teaching myself old english i'm trying to learn how to speak old English. So that's, that's fun. My, that's my next thing. It's just, okay, can she get any geekier? Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, you know, when you, when you mentioned about like Anglo-Saxons and, and, and Christians and it took longer for the conversion and it's like, oh, they really were the original European rebels and you, you were punk and it just all fits. You were meant to be a heathen. I think so. And I think I'm going back to my Anglo-Saxon tradition. Yeah. Unfortunately, my Irish mother, I think she feels she's failed because, you know, you know, it's that whole thing. It's like my mom always believed that because she was Irish mother, we were all hundred percent Irish. My poor dad, he's like, what about me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, and, and I do, and I did, I did try to, um, resonate with the celtic gods and goddesses but it it wasn't there wasn't just mm, didn't work your mother's like but they raided ireland how dare you oh well yeah because then we can talk about dublin and how dublin was was taken over and um because that's what i say to her i said like well maybe we have viking blood because we're from an area no 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 no. i have a friend and uh uh you know british um background um 
and she's Canadian, but you know, uh, English background and was, you know, like very anti-Celt, you know, um, Celts are down here, uh, you know, English blood is up here. Well, wouldn't you know it with, you know, these at-home DNA tests and wouldn't you know it, she had more Celts in her than, than this good English blood. And I love, of course, she didn't tell anyone. Of course not. She didn't tell anyone. So I'm at her place and um, her mother was in town visiting and I don't know how we got on the, t- I don't know, maybe talking about me being a druid and, and, and Celtic stuff, I don't know. And her mother let it slip that they were like way more more Celtic than Anglo. And uh, Dana was, my friend was horrified and, uh, but kind of like not traumatic or anything like that, but you know, uh, we had a good laugh over that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I still have an affinity with, with, with certain Celtic um, god and goddesses because um, actually her and the hunter is mm-hmm. that dude is just awesome I just, <laughs> like if you would say i've always had an affinity um with with her the hunter too and um it, it's really another aha moment is but, um, but but hern is gaulish celt as opposed to like welsh you know what i mean so he's just yeah. across the river from you saxon so it's all good all good yeah so like you know but like i said it's just in the end it's what resonates with you and it's like um and the old actually the old english is coming along pretty well except there's a whole bunch of people that speak it really really well and i'm in this beginners group and it's like hilarious because there's actually groups on facebook really to learn old english wow it's amazing because some of these people are just like like doing whole sentences and stuff and i don't even know how i'm i'm working on good evening how are you um and they're like just doing whole poems and you know i'm gonna do chaucer's piece here in old english i'm like what <laughs> so you can say like you can say like good evening uh yeah so i can say a few other things i'm learning and i'm learning you know as i go along so so um, what, what, what's what's good good evening in old english <sighs> I, the, I don't want to do it because the pronunciation, I'm still working on it and I don't want to embarrass because they okay. will go after me, those people. They will go, you can't, you know, no, in a good way. They'll, they'll just say, you're not representing us. You didn't say it yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm a new student right now and I, I don't want to, you know, upset my teacher. <laughs> but I'm really happy that I'm doing it. So it's a bonjour. Um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know I, I guess I could do a useful skill and learn how to speak French, but. No, I didn't. I, it was yeah. not. So. Why speak French? <laughs> it's because of those French kids that beat me those up. Those bastards beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So, I don't know. This has been full circle. Uh, you did get me talking. I told you I would. I mean, that's what I do. I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I do. Like a lot of stuff. I'm like, I haven't really talked about that stuff a lot. You know, some things I, I yeah, so, wow. <sighs> I feel tired now. 
So, um, oh, this is something I want to ask you. Um, mm -hmm. Did you, did we ever meet at Occulticon? No. Oh, you never went or we never met? Do I have a doppelganger? I've no, 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 no. I was just wondering. I was just wondering because I was, I was kind of racking my brain because I mean, that's going back quite a few years now. I'm like, did Evelyn and I ever meet? I wanted to go. I really did, but it just never happened. You know? They were, it was short-lived, a cult of, well, no, you know, most people that listen to my uh, podcast are um, in the state, so they're not going to know what a Culticon is. A Culticon was a very short-lived, um, uh, like, like pagan magic uh, festival, and it was an outdoor festival. It wasn't like a, like a convention in a, in a hotel or anything, and it took place um, in Ontario, here in Canada, uh, Southern Ontario, uh, at a place called Mythwood Campground. And you would have loved this place. I know. I, I want to go to Raven's Knoll, too. That's one it, place I know. Uh, Raven's Knoll, that's where Kaleidoscope happens. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to Occulticon, uh, the first year of Occulticon only lasted two years, uh, 2017 and 2018. It's because uh, I wanted to go. That's why it didn't last. <laughs> oh, it's your fault. <laughs> and yeah. I came across <coughs> Occulticon uh, on Facebook and it's okay. So it's a 16 hour drive for me mm -hmm. with me being up in Thunder Bay. So I don't know what... It, it was meant to be, especially with all like the people that I met and, and have stayed friends with. So obviously it was meant to be, but for me to see this ad for uh, uh, a festival that's never happened and me, and that's 16 hour drive away and be like, yeah, I should definitely pack up all of my products and, and drive 16 hours. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it was, a. I mean, I, I was going to say it was a bit of a gamble because what if no one showed up? I would have made no money and, you know, would have made less money than what it paid, you know, like my vendor fee. Um, but, you know, a little vacation is a little vacation. Plus, I get to see my friends down there. Anyways, anyways, it Mythwood Campground is extraordinary. All the buildings are all um, like medieval kind of style. Mm -hmm there's a stage made out of wood that's looks like uh like uh like a castle like like crenellated walls and the towers you know with the crenellations along the top of the towers and the walls um a stone circle like a hundred foot diameter stone circle all of these shrines there's a small pond here and then a larger pond over here. And in the middle of that large pond is a small island with a sword and a stone. Um, there's a pirate ship. Uh, there's a replica of, of Seahenge. You got to have a pirate ship. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's such, such an amazing um, place. And there's like, like the um, seasonal... Um, campers like over here where they have their trailers but the trailers have to be very like themey uh like one person built a wooden facade 
with crenellations across the trailer with a big tower that they could climb up. You know, oh, extraordinary, extraordinary. It was such an extraordinary place. So you have like like the, the like the permanent campers here, like their little village, and then here all like the like the like the day campers or the weekend campers, like those lots. And can't remember how many acres, less than a hundred, maybe like around 80 acres, something like that. I, I can't remember. So it's a big space, but beautiful. So beautiful with all, like I said, like the shrines and you can just be walking and just discover this circle, the shrine. Oh, it was just so incredible. And um, it was such a wonderful experience at Culticon, really good uh presenters and 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 stuff now that i'm talking about it like i have pictures of mythwood um on my instagram but again this was back in 2017 2018 so they're going to be so far down my instagram i'll have to repost the pictures but it's such a beautiful place so, so beautiful and um they were planning for uh occulticon 2019 to the point where like they were already selling like i had paid for my vendor spot um, and then they canceled a call to con um, that year. And then, of course, rumors started flying like, why, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I never saw like an official, you know, explanation why it got canceled. Um, and I can't remember. I feel like I heard it heard this from a friend of mine who got it from the owner that he was thinking of do continuing with the call to combat like doing it in like a hotel like more of like a like a indoor convention yeah. and of course if, you know 2000 rolls around because this is fall of 2019 then of course 2000 rolls around and, and we're in pandemic so who knows what's going to happen but everyone down there they were like oh yeah um you got to go to kaleidoscope kaleidoscope used to be the huge it's not as big as what it was but it's still pretty big blah 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 and um wiccan fest and harvest fest which happens near berry are other ones Mm -hmm. But I had quite the falling out with the organizers of Wiccan Fest and, and Harvest Fest because when the uh, when COVID happened, they had their first Wiccan Fest online, mm -hmm. and I attended, and everything was great. It was like a two day thing, I think, or a one day thing. I can't remember, but everything was great, and I was really looking forward to the last presentation. Mm -hmm. It was like death and ancestors and whatnot. I was so looking forward to that. Within the first, I don't know, 15 minutes, the mm -hmm. presenter um, talking about like ancestors, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, and you faggots don't are always like, oh, we can't have children and, and you don't have to worry about that. And oh, and you faggots don't have to worry about that because ancestors aren't just blood, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and he had an accent. So I'm, I'm like, did I? And plus he was looking away from, from the camera at the time. And I'm like, did I just hear what I think I heard? And um, 
it was happening through zoom i think it was and of course you as a like you can't just record on zoom unless you're like the host um but i i thought i was going to miss the first a few minutes of this one so i just did like um you know like the voice recorder on my phone Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot to turn it off because I didn't want to miss because I was so looking forward to this presentation and I forgot to turn it off. So I'm like, oh, I have it recorded. So I got out. I, I exited the the meeting. I listened to it. I'm like, yep, he just said what he what I thought he said. I didn't want to go back in and then be like, blah, 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 blah. like I didn't want to ruin it for everybody. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just you know, I'm just going to send a message to the organizers, blah, 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 blah. So of course they get back. So I tell them what happened. They're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to review the, the, the video. And, you know, they did the, you know, that, the, the copy and paste statement that all straight people and white people use about, oh, safe space inclusion, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. We don't discriminate. Um, nothing nothing hear nothing back from them so six months later they send me a message oh follow our new social media account so i respond back i'm like so six months ago one of your presenters calls uses faggots to refer to gay men i bring it to your attention you do nothing i don't hear from you up until you want me to follow your new social media account. Oh, we're so sorry. You didn't get our message. I'm like, uh, you can see the same messages. This is through Instagram. You can see the same thread of our messages. Like you did not, you know what I mean? So blah, 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 da, 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 da. And, you know, they're trying to, oh, well, it wasn't actually a big deal, blah, 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 blah. And he was self-identifying. So it turns out this guy's gay but he didn't you know quote unquote sound it or look it or whatever he certainly didn't identify himself as gay um you know what i mean so all like six months ago you could have been like oh he self-identifies he was self-identifying but the point is he wasn't self-identifying he didn't call himself a faggot he said all of you faggots in a professional setting, you know what I mean? I'm like, that's still unacceptable. And the fact that you completely brushed off this whole issue because he's gay and you just like, well, it's a non-issue and we're not gonna get back to Sean because it's not a big deal, you know what I mean? So- I know, shut up and go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, that pretty much ended my plans of attending Wiccan Fest and Harvest Fest. Um, so yeah, so now I'm down to one. I'm down to Kaleidoscope if it comes back after uh, yeah. pandemic. Like I said, I want to attend some of the heathen events at Raven's Knoll once that's up and running again. So because like I said, I, I, I'm in isolation, mm-hmm. but I know there's other people out there. Um, and by the time I decided that I was going to go to some of these things, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, well, I'm going to go this year, you know, but I'm going to go. And then it's like, um, yeah, but that's okay. Because it gave me more time to, to um, you know, do some more stuff. 
yeah 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 more self-work and, and and stuff like that so you know you can take away what you want from this last year but um the fact that we all haven't lost our minds is a good thing right yeah, yeah. and you know we haven't lost anybody to covid um i'm thankful for that um so you know and i'm looking forward to hopefully better times ahead for sure absolutely absolutely i mean i i hesitate to talk about any positives coming out of this there have been for me personally some positive aspects that came out of the pandemic and and you know having to isolate and you know what i mean um i and i i don't mean to discount or minimize um the hardships you know i i, I don't I, I don't suggest that at all i just like for me personally there's been some some good to come out of this and i wonder you know you know that's let that saying like you don't know what you have until it's gone i wonder if we're going to have that kind of mentality once everything is pretty much open and back to normal like like being able to really truly appreciate a few of us will but the rest no it's going to be back to self-entitlement me 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 yeah i don't give a shit about anybody except myself i hate to say it <laughs> yeah no, yeah i mean no yeah I mean, it's and, and that you know they're doing their own path i mean they're, yeah. they'll i don't know where they're going or where they're headed but i'm not going there yeah. um you know and but i'm taking away some good things from this and i'm thankful for yeah. um being able to work from home yeah uh, during this and um like i said my family is, is safe so that's really important and um you know i've had had time to um spend with my family i mean it slowed things right down yeah. you know i've had a lot more time to spend with with my partner we've been together for um 30 years yeah it's been, it's been a while right so i mean that that's that's amazing because you know you go 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 and you get crazy you're both working and all of that stuff and you know we've had more time we still have two of our our, our um sons are still living at home our daughter is living in Windsor, but we've had more family time and wow, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, and some people are going crazy because they can't stand their family or whatever. And I'm sorry. And, and, and I also feel bad for people that are stuck in an abusive relationships and can't yeah. get out. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's so many things to be thankful for right now. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. You know, um, some of us will be enlightened from this and then some unfortunately are just gonna go on being the way they are right yeah yeah That's absolutely what, that is what wine is for i guess absolutely yeah <laughs> the true gift of the gods <laughs> oh. it's all out of <laughs> that's on my to-do list tomorrow that's like the first thing i'm doing tomorrow is going to the liquor store it's very important do you know this is like something that i didn't know but someone told me i was uh, talking to somebody and she goes i want a lick bow and i'm like 
lick bow. What, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm going to the lick bow to get a bottle of wine. I'm like, she goes, the liquor store, lick bow. I'm like, oh, wow. I've never heard anyone <laughs> call it the lick bow as opposed to the LC. I guess it's a Windsor Essex thing. And I've been living uh, in this since I graduated from Laurier. We moved down here in 90. But I guess other people say, yeah, we call it lick bow down here. I'm like, well, I mean, it is Windsor Essex. I mean, you know the chemicals <laughs> they're inhaling down there. So <laughs> it's just hilarious. And it's, it's like the air, it's the air coming over from Detroit. Oh, well, maybe, but it's like, yeah. So the you want to stun and annoy people, tell them you're going to the lick bow and it'll take them two days to figure out what you're talking about. I really don't see myself <laughs> saying that to anyone. I'm going to the lick bow. I mean, I just for for some reason i feel that that doesn't resonate with my personality okay so it's country mouse versus city mouse here we go yeah <laughs> very funny that's weird that's that's weird yeah i don't know yeah it's probably a windsor essex county thing so now i support doug doug ford's effort to get rid of the liquor board just by hearing that, just so I never have to hear Lickbo again. I'm like, tear it all down, Dougie. Tear it all down. Tear it all down. Well, you're taking down all the windmills. You might as well tear down the liquor board as well. Oh man. Oh, and tearing down all the 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 electric car uh, charging stations too. So. Oh man, well, that's another story. Hey. Well, I think hey, I'm almost hey, at the hey, you you elect a drug dealer to be premier. What do you expect is gonna happen? You know yeah, what I mean? Well, you know, there was that whole thing about not opening the golf courses because of his buddies who drink the pop, the brown pop. That is like I just I'm like, wow. You just I just didn't think you could go there and because you really pissed off a lot of people with this golf course thing. And you're talking about you, your buddies drinking irres irresponsibly, but they're drinking pop. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a very special year. Yes, it has. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> oh, but on that note, I think I'm I'm done. I'm kind of toast here. So absolutely. Um, so before we leave, um, you want to tell everyone that's listening or watching, because this video will be up on YouTube as well, um, where they can find your shop, where they can find you on social media, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, it's pretty simple. You can go to Etsy um, and just plug in the Herbwood shop. And that's where I sell my products. Mm -hmm. um, go to Instagram under the Herbwood shop. You'll find me. Um, also, I'm on Twitter. Actually, that's where I collided with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, under the herb workshop, I'm really not that creative. Um, so I'm. I have Facebook page also uh, the herb workshop. So I'm there. And um, there's on also on Instagram. I have my personal Instagram where. It's more my life as a heathen, um, and that is uh, the heathen crone or heathen crone. And you're welcome to to kind of look at the shenanigans I get down 
to here Excellent. in the land of Lickbo. <laughs> uh, so that's Heathen Crone? I believe so. Let me look it up. See, I'm like, oh my gosh, do I even know? I think it is. Because I, I don't think I'm Let following that account of yours. Yes, it's the Heathen Crone is uh, my personal Instagram. The life and times oh, he of the Heathen Crone. Oh, no, that's Heathen Crone Productions. Heathen Moon. Heath Heathen Moon. The Heathen Crone? The Heathen Crone. Oh, the. I didn't put the. I just put Heathen Crone. Oh, there you are. Oh, exciting. Okay, so you have your both Instagram. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, and that, that one's more personal and just you know just being a heathen in in the modern world awesome you know kind of like the mary tyler moore of no i'm just kidding <laughs> i love it i'm getting tired so the she can turn the world on with her smile <laughs> as she throws an axe as she throws an axe to your face Oh, oh, you I are like not that. good for me. You are. Like we can. I don't think uh, putting the both of us in real time in a room together <laughs> would be a good thing. People would be like, "What is wrong with those two? Um, so <laughs> I. Okay. So uh, you know, um, I have the the thumbnail. Um, you know, um, graphic of of the Lux files. Um, you know, where I have, you know, like uh, the guest name and, you know, what they are, blah, 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 blah. So with you, it was going to be Evelyn, owner of the Herb Witch Shop. But now I think I should put Evelyn, the Mary Tyler Moore of heathenry. I, like I, I think that's 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 great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, yeah. I won't ask, yeah, I won't ask I, you that. I am, I am so um, whole. Uh, yeah, so many people tell me how wholesome I am. Not. <laughs> Strangers. Strangers then. <laughs> Maybe before they break through the facade. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now I'm gonna have now I'm gonna have that theme song stuck in my head uh, for the rest of the night. I'm gonna try and like how 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 can we reword that? theme song to include axe throwing and blood sacrifices and i'd never wear that hat either because <laughs> it doesn't have because it doesn't have horns on it no because it's an ugly hat yeah well it was the 70s i mean you know i've never liked those flat hats right like a fedora yeah okay maybe because yeah. I kind of went through a ska period too. Where I was oh, okay. Okay. You know, fedora hats aren't that bad, and they look good with Doc Martens. So yeah. um, maybe, but not yeah. that. No. Well, the seventies really, the seventies really, <laughs> really were the dark ages of fashion. I, 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 for a while, I thought. Well, for a long while, for most of my life, I thought it was the eighties, but it really wasn't the eighties. I mean, the eighties was pretty horrific style-wise, but it had some pretty. There was style. I think the seventies were just like really the dark ages of fashion. So you can't blame Mary. You can't blame Mary Tyler Moore for that hat. I'm so, not. It's yeah. not. It's not. I'm not blaming her per yeah. se. I'm blaming her production team. <laughs> you got to blame the whole decade. Yeah, that's like you know. And then, but then, who knows? Maybe they they just all had their own trauma they were dealing with and. 
yeah. You know, stupid, stupid boomers. <laughs> they wreck everything. <laughs> Whatever. Including okay, that. so now I'm gonna be thinking about her stupid hat for the rest of the night. <laughs> throwing it in the air. Because when I was a kid, I'm like, that was dangerous. I remember thinking that. I'm like, you know, you shouldn't be in traffic throwing your hat around. But that's the practical me, the overthinker me, this health and safety. It should have been an axe. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I know how to throw it properly rather than her hat. But that's, yeah, right. yeah. I know my pet peeve. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry because she was supposed to be a feminist, but she wasn't. It was oh, a lie. But anyway. <laughs> Could have hit a seagull or a pigeon. <laughs> How irresponsible. Goddamn <laughs> boomers. She's not thinking about anybody else. You destroyed right? fashion <laughs> and you killed pigeons with ugly hats. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I gotta go. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for um, being on uh, the podcast. I really appreciate it. And it was nice to talk a lot about heathenry to get a, like for me to get a better understanding of it. My last, um, episode um uh, the person that i interviewed is heathen as well so it's been it's been really good so thank you again thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you for listening to this episode of the lux files you'll find all the guest links in the show notes as well as the link www.laylokanzawin.com slash links that link will get you to my page of links where you can then go to my Lay Lokens Alwyn website, the Lux Files page, and my Lay Lokens Alwyn YouTube channel that has all the Lux Files videos. It also has all my social media links there so you can follow me and the Lux Files. And don't forget to subscribe to the Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving me a review. Until next time. You have a uh, lovely evening and have a good weekend. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.